Wow, we in stereo. All right, this is Chris from Mother's Speed Podcast. We will discuss black LGBT issues and topics, and I'm your host, Chris. Um, I'm going to make this a Brothers Speak Rising Star moment because I had to, I had to, I came across Instagram one day and I came across uh, one of the previous interviews that I had, Japan, over there down the Peak Elephant Hip Hop Festival, What's Up Japan, and basically called this particular hip hop artist the next Kendrick Lamar. I had to stop in my tracks and find out what in the world, who is the next Kendrick Lamar? Wait a minute, now, some big shoes. <laughs> I so that's a big shoes. I had to had to find out for myself. Okay, let's find out about the ism. Is his name? The ism has been around for how long? You been around uh, the ism? I've been doing this for about ten years now. Ten, eleven. Ten. Um, I put wow. on my first project in like eleven, twelve. Wow, wow. So that, that's a long time. That's a pretty long time. So when it when it came down to the ism, yeah. First off, I don't want to call you the ism. Is I just call you ism? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So in this particular case, I when I explore your music, your music seems to me definitely comes from a different, completely different than what you expect from an out LGBT artist or you know artist of you know within within the community. So you would definitely. I want to find out a little bit more, and I hope the audience wants to find a little bit more. Definitely want more to introduce them also in terms of your music, where your craft, how long you've been doing it, um, exactly what's your inspiration, all of those good things. So let's start way back. I want to start way back in terms of when did you get that hip-hop bug to bite you to say, I want to do this? Literally was a hip-hop bug that the hell out of me. You hit the nail right on the head. Um... A friend of mine uh, in college, shout out to Miss Mary McDonough, wherever she is, I hope she's okay. But um, she came by my crib one day, we were chilling, and she goes, I have something that I really think you would like. And I was like, okay, cool. So maybe a couple of days later, she brings me Common's B album. And uh, needless to say, because she never got that CD back, like I still have it. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, Mary, I hope you bought a new one. around with it, kept playing around with it. I started doing shows around 2007, 2008. 
Okay. I felt like I had, um, I, I, I felt like I had a couple of good songs that I can, you know, start, start to do and, and, and things of that nature. And coming from somebody who can be kind of, you know, I, I, I really never liked public speaking and things of that nature. I was always kind of weird and, uh, 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 socially awkward, but I just felt led to do it. And I have shows where I would be on on the on the mic and I'm going in and people are like walking out on me. I, I just had to toughen up a lot because, you know, uh everybody was doing music. Right, right. Everybody changed, everybody raps. Right. So it's like what like what the fuck oh sorry, like what what else is so different about you? Like why should I pay attention to what you're doing? Right. And I'm not talking about, you know, holes and bitches and my Glock and my scissors and my drugs, like, I was I was coming from a different place. At that particular point, like, now, when I first first started out, like, I was like, okay, maybe if I sound like Drake and, and Wayne and all of them, like, people would take me seriously. If you heard this shit, I, if you heard some of this old stuff, you would be like, bro, don't you ever put that out. <laughs> <laughs> don't you ever put that out. I said, don't you ever. Right. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> no, like you, you, you wouldn't believe some of the shit I said. But um, I found, I found my own lane. Okay, okay. Um, and so I just kind of started to like really, really like you know just try to find out who I am in this whole hip hop thing. Like literally, I didn't choose hip hop. Like hip hop literally chose me. Wow. Wow. That wasn't something that I ever, I never, I never thought I would be doing this. Thing. Like if you asked me this is back in 2003 if I'd be rapping, I would have laughed in your face. Yeah. Like, you got me rapping? No. Spoken words? Probably, yeah. But rapping? Nah. And so to be 11 years deep, I'm still doing it. it it's just like, wow. Like, what if I hadn't listened to that voice that told me to write that rhyme? Like, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be talking to you. Like, you wouldn't know me. Wow. You know? Wow. So that's that's kind of where it where it all started. Once I got, um, I had, I moved to Atlanta, 2010. I'm in Jersey. Okay, all right. And I moved to Atlanta, and that was when the ism like was fully realized because I wasn't around anybody I knew, and I got a chance to really like start over because I was gonna quit. Um, I started feeling like people weren't really feeling it. People weren't taking me seriously, so it was, it was like I'm just I'm I'm not gonna do this to myself. Like I'm not gonna play myself anymore. But I moved, and something in me was just like, do a mixtape. I mean, it's not gonna hurt you, right? Right. Okay. Fuck it, do a mixtape. And I'm like, all right, cool. So you know, I started to pull together some beats. Um, Erica Badu, Window Seat, Rihanna, Man Down, uh, uh, Method Man, Bring the Pain. Um, a tribe called Quest Electric Relaxation, and I did some other beats that I made myself, and that was when the first mixtape was born in 2011. I re-released it in 2012 when it was actually mixed and mastered properly. Um, I didn't know about that part either. Right, right. Um, my brother, West Virginia, North Carolina, uh, kind of put a put a foot in my back. I sent it to him, and he was like, "No, no, no, girl, no." <laughs> doesn't sound good. Yeah, yeah. Like, is it, is it mixed? Is it mastered? I was like, what? Just send me, just, just send me everything. And he started to master my projects for me. Ah, okay, um, okay. So, yeah, he's been doing all of my projects since, like, 2012. Oh, wow, um, okay, all right. From the first mixtape, King for a Day, uh, 
and the spoken word joint that I put out last year. Um, um, yeah. So he's been doing that since 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 then. So he taught me that because I didn't I didn't know anything about that. Okay. So it was just okay. like okay, you go to a studio, lay it down, and it sounds good. You put it out. Gotcha. Didn't know all the other production aspects too, putting out some music. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it, like like at that particular point, I didn't know like. But now, now that I know, I know better, and I know not to do that ever again. <laughs> um, but that was kind of how how everything started, and I'm I'm just grateful that you know I've I've stuck with it, and I walk in my truth, and I stand on that stage, and I grab that microphone like nobody's business right. and it was a point in time where I didn't have that confidence I was so scared that they were going to smell the gay on me that they weren't going to pay any attention to what I had to say or even attempt to give me a chance wow but wow. you know now I don't please after, after, after all these years I'm so grateful to, to say nobody ever like heckled me or said anything like crazy or out the way like if anything I get yo like Really good. Like, I was really surprised. You know, that that's what I really wanted to find out because I'm thinking to myself, okay, the type of rhymes that you that you give out and that you display are not necessarily what's what you see currently out there from LGBT male artists, at least from what I see within the community. Um then again, I could be entirely wrong on say, making that statement. But the thing about it is, the type of rhymes you do are type of rhymes that I can be able to remember. Because you make a lot of references to a lot of old school music. You know, you you do make references to those artists oh, that yeah, you, you yeah you you make it clear. And so I'm thinking to myself, man, the type of inspiration that he gets his stuff from, it could probably do a nice little crossover here. So, but I'm thinking to myself, does it appeal? Do you find that? In that number one, since you've never been heckled in you know in regards to your sexuality before, which I think actually speaks a lot of volume in terms of the people who are listening to your music. But when it comes to the people who are listening to your music, are you finding they're LGBT? Are you finding that they're more heterosexual? What are you finding? I think when it comes down to it, they like the music. I'm I'm grateful to say that I perform in places where like very like you know. Uh, uh, friendly to all people okay. um, and then I have done some shows in the hood like and I still didn't have no problem but I, I think it's just more so about the music and and, and I guess um, me um, I think I've become a different person when I get on stage and I get a mic when I'm just regular I'm, I'm just you know you know regular Anthony but when I get on stage it's like I really like I don't I don't know what happened. It's like, I'm not there anymore. Right, right. And I'm this confident person. I will punch you in your face. And it feels so <laughs> good. And I think that that's, that's kind of why I got addicted to like doing shows. Right, when, right. Like I first started, because it's just to hear my beats and to hear my voice and, and to, to hear myself. Like, I had to get comfortable with my voice. Right. I didn't like my voice at first. I hated it. But, it got to a point where I felt like that was that was my badge of honor, right. and and getting up there and knowing that um a same gender loving black man spitting some real shit to me that's like the ultimate armor. Like I think people hear the message and the pain and the struggle in their music and they identify with that yeah. instead of saying oh 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 
she's a homo. Right, right, right. But it's like, no, like, he's really spitting some shit. Like, he's really spitting some shit. And there are, and there are, uh, are, uh, uh, LGBT black male rappers that are spitting some shit like me. There's Earth Tone, there's Fly Young Red, who just put something out that was, that's absolutely amazing. There's, um, uh, my rap bros, uh, most in Jersey, in York. There are a lot of us out here, like, you don't know it, but we do exist. Like, right, right. I'm grateful for people like uh, Cakes and Mickey Blanco. Like, we need people like them, but we also need people like me. That, um, that, I, I, uh, uh, it's so gonna sound bad, and I don't need to, to, to say this. Like, Listen, but Dragon It's okay. I didn't want to, I'm sorry, I'm like, well, sorry. You know, I said it's okay. You can say say what you gotta say. So no, no need to hold back on this podcast. I didn't want to be perceived as the stereotypical gay. Gotcha. And you know you what? Know, I, and you know I'm what? Up there shaking my ass, talking about oh, Baba, I be getting dick in the bathroom, and what you want, la la la. No, like, so, like we have other people for that. Yeah. Like, I just feel like I was chosen to use my pain to heal other people. You know. That's you know when you talk about your pain that that one of the songs that really stuck out for me personally was Give Me Strength. Upon the star that I was on tonight, which you could into the galaxy amidst this fight. This fight of swimming in depression, overdosing on my self-loathing, all all the while knowing that I am chosen. But was I chosen when my dad walked out and feeling like my mama picked me out so she could have on out? Never told her what happened to me. How could a tickle fight turning across the boundaries? Yeah, it was her homegirl son, and with no reason to touch me, he sure found one. Imagine being treated like a porter potty every Christmas, begging God for a new body. Give me strength. When I heard that song, I'm thinking, oh my God, like th- he really is giving his story right now. And, and to me, I was baffled. I was impressed immensely, but I was definitely baffled by such honesty that you were given and, and don't get me wrong I mean I think so far the struggle that you're you know, not necessarily struggle but the journey that you're going through a lot of rappers have gone through that whether you're gay or straight they have gone through that aspect of learning one the technical side of the music industry learning whether or not the, learning the confidence and gaining that along the way and I think that speaks volumes of the person to continue to do it because it's a tough ass industry Let's keep it real. It's a tough ass industry. And but when I heard "Give Me Strength," I'm thinking, "Wow, okay, where did you? Number one, did you feel nervous about putting that music out there? That particular song, did you feel nervous about it? Were you, were you, what made you want to tell your side in that song? Um, the thing about "Give Me Strength," I, 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 I kind of have to divulge a little bit, but just follow me. Um, right now, uh. My brother Unusual and I uh, have teamed up, and we are now Dark Alley Echoes. And in uh, December, we started to work on our EP, which is going to be coming out on September 1st. Okay. And before that, I was gearing up to put out my next record, which is uh, Rhyme Therapy Volume 1, Destroy. It's going to be a three-volume series. Volume 1 is Destroy, Volume 2 is Rebuild, and Volume 3 is Songs for the Sons and Daughters of Rat. And I was putting out singles, 
getting ready to drop it. It's got to get mastered and stuff. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm not going to rush it. I'm going to make sure everything's right. But then this side project with Unusual fell into my lap. And we started to focus on that. And around late April, May, I realized that I hadn't put out anything solo for like a while. Right. Okay. And when Give Me Strength happened, I was in Atlanta. That was when we, we started to record for RTV1 after King for a Day, which was my first album album. Okay. And I mean, I remember that session like so well, Chris, like they had no idea <laughs> they had no idea what they were about to get hit with. Like was like, Yeah, okay, so what are we doing next? We're doing this and then I do it and I come off the group and it's dead silent. Like dead like silent silent. So I'm like, yeah, so um, how about the brain? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so like, are y'all feeling it? Like, talk to me, like, talk to me, like. And the engineer, Travis Daniels, was like, this is just really heavy. What does he say? <laughs> he was like, you know, this is just really heavy, like, it's really heavy. Wow. And I was like, yeah, because, like, that was my life. Like, the, the whole thing about the Long Therapy series is a black man digging deep and coming up unscathed. Gotcha, gotcha. I realized that all of my attempts at romantic relationships were failing. Um, there were so many things about me that I had to work on, and it was like, I gotta figure out what the fuck is wrong with me. Okay, okay. You know, I'm I'm not a terrible person. I'm 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 not completely shit ugly. Like what is what is wrong with me? Okay. That I feel like my personal relationships aren't working. And I realized that there were a lot of things that I hadn't dealt with that okay. were the keys to me becoming the person that I am now and me dealing with the fact that I was molested twice at the age of seven, raped at fifteen. I didn't deal with that. And, and, and that being the case, my sexual relationships weren't, weren't fruitful. Gotcha. Okay. I wasn't really enjoying being intimate because there were certain things about that and what happened to me that would fuck with me. Okay. And I couldn't enjoy sex. Gotcha. <clears throat> I couldn't enjoy falling in love with someone because it's like, he's going to hurt me, he's going to leave. Okay. And giving me strength was like that catalyst of when like I started really dealing with things. And when I decided to release it, it was like, you know what? I know there are other brothers that have gone through this, straight care otherwise. I know there are other brothers that have been through this, that have locked that shit away in them, that, that, that hurt every day from it, that have fucked up relationships because of what happened to them, and they haven't dealt with it. Maybe this will help them have that uncomfortable conversation and get that pain out and, and, and begin to learn better and love better. Right, right. So, against my own personal will, I was like, I'm going to put out getting this straight. Wow, wow. And when I did, I scored a feature on the g website, on the Afropunk website. There were people inboxing me, telling me, thank you, like, I've been through this too, like, thank you, like, nobody's ever done this. They can't do this. They ain't doing this. Nobody's doing this. Right, right. Nobody's really, really targeting black pain in a way that isn't to make money off of it. But for, but, but for P 
people to heal. Like that's that's what this whole project, the RTV One project, is about. It's really dark and it's really depressing. Like I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm not even gonna lie. But there's so much healing in it that I think me exposing my truth and me, you know, talking about things that I experienced that's gonna help my brother. Right, right. I mean, when I so that's what it was about for me. You know, when I when I looked at some of the you know, when I look at some some of the songs that basically I'm I'm hearing, and I see where you started from three years ago. I mean, you had songs. You even had a, a tribute to Maya Angelou, which I thought was actually a pretty amazing. Wow! Wow! This is did it. But I mean, at eighteen or twenty, you might do many things. Right. If you're blessed, you will come out of that. You will forgive yourself. That's the most important thing. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you got to contribute by Angelo. He was doing, you know, remixes with, and while I actually love Faye on the Apple when she first came out. And I, and I, and I see you start doing some remixes with her, her sound. And then I see Chasing You, you actually reveal things about love. And you even, in one particular song, which was Deuces, uh, you actually gave pretty much a poet, a poem. And it, it, it seemed like it was dedicated to a love. You know, at, le- at least uh, I hope I'm, I'm correct in saying that. Am I wrong? Actually, um, funny story. Um, yeah, uh, and I believe his nickname is Bruce. Um, yeah, there was this 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 brother that I had uh, taken out like him to. Okay. And okay, I just kind of felt like me and him would have been good, but it was just something about me and something about him. It, it just it just didn't mesh well. And as much as I wanted him, I just didn't think that. It was going to be a healthy thing for me. Gotcha, um, gotcha. All right. I feel like maybe I wasn't ready to deal with that type of personality. Okay. Because okay. at that particular point, I was very soft. Gotcha. And, 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 and like, like, my heart would break easily, and I would be depressed for years. And <laughs> he would be the type of person that would break my heart unintentionally, but he would do it. Got, you know... You ain't talking to nobody who know that type of relationship. Right, right. <laughs> you, know, you know what's up. Okay. I do. Trust me, I do. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the the good part about it is though, when I when I do hear the sound that you're delivering, I mean, you delivered some good. You delivered some sounds that that you normally don't really hear on radio that you normally don't necessarily you you gotta. Um, I'm sorry because I can't hear you. I'm sorry about that. I'm saying I say what I'm saying is that you normally don't hear the type of music on radio that you're the, the type of rhymes that you've been given i mean you started off you started off differently actually if i go back you started off differently and then you came to a different sound i could to me a little bit different in comparison to what you were three or four years ago is there something that is there something along the way that you said you know what let me just change this up a little bit what is, is do you believe that you accomplished a different sound or you want to give more lyrics and more lyrics that people can be able to feel what exactly was it in comparison do you see there's a difference at all wow that's a fucking loaded great question um well i had gone to a point where it was like god god gave me this this like epiphany i i gotta say he gave it to me because i'm not that great and it was like use what you've been through that's how you're going to get people 
Okay. Okay. I go through shit and I lock myself away from everybody and everything, and I'm trapped inside of my body and trapped inside of my sadness. And it was unhealthy. I was sabotaging myself, sabotaging my friendships, my relationships, because I wasn't talking about things that I was feeling and going through. Gotcha. So gotcha. When it came time for King for a day, which was 2013, I put it out on on Dr. King's Day 2013. Um, I said, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm not going to listen to the radio. I'm not going to watch too much on television concerning music. I'm just going to go into myself. Right. Because right. I still kind of felt like I gotta sound like these dudes in order for people to take me seriously. Gotcha. Okay. And okay. once I shut everything completely out, that was when it kind of happened. And, and I was making these beats that sounded like they came from another planet. And they sounded like shit that wouldn't fly on the radio. And I was fucking enamored with it. And I was like, yeah, like, this is, this, this is it. Like, um, when I did I Don't Feel God, which ended up on Spike Lee's Sweet Water Jesus in 2015, I was really, really sad. I was drinking a lot. Um, so one day I woke up, it was like maybe two, three in the morning, and three, the, the three a.m. hour is supposed to be like, you know, the a sacred time for creative. And I woke up and I was sad, and I had a beer in the fridge, so I was like, go get it. I started drinking, and I made the beat, and I just, there, there's like this, this, this sample, and it's called the, the, the piano blur. And I just let that loop. And I just started crying, and I made the beat, and I wrote the song. In 2014, I'm sitting in Atlanta, I get laid off. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going on interviews, left and right, nothing's happening. You know, I'm yeah. on Facebook, scrolling. Spike Lee is looking for unsigned artists for new films uh, 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 funded by Kickstarter. Wow. I just applied for the Red Bull Music Academy, and I just gave a dope-ass application, and they turned me down. That's <laughs> oh. why I Spike Lee. He's not going to fucking pick me. Uh, I got an email from Spike Lee himself. What? In the film, Mom's the Word. What? Wow. What? Wow. I can't say nothing to nobody. I can't tell nobody. I can't rap it on Facebook. I mean, sorry, delete, but I did tell my mama and my manager, I'm sorry. I didn't tell somebody. 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 Uncuff me. Uncuff me. Roll off this filthy gurney and let me feel. He feel. He feel. If I'm barely breathing, no dunking. Then how am I surviving this dying dream of life? Of life? Of life? Sometimes. Sometimes. I don't feel God. I don't feel God. I don't feel God. Sometimes, sometimes I don't feel God, and it scares me. Sometimes, sometimes. So by this time, I'm still doing shows in Atlanta and in New York, and I can't stay up. Um, went to the Catholic College private screening that summer. I got to meet him and thank him to his face. Wow. Um, so pictures and stuff. Uh, Valerie Simpson was there. I embarrassed. I embarrassed myself with Valerie Simpson. But oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I embarrassed myself. Like, Miss Simpson, I'm so sorry. I am really sorry, but I really do love you, though. Um, <laughs> I really do. Um, 
way, like, we were drinking Grey Goose for free all night, like, what you expect. Like, you get star stuff and you don't know what to say. Right, right. Um, so, it, it's like, if I hadn't taken that turn to dig deep into myself, I wouldn't be the artist that I am now. I would still be chasing mainstream people and doing mainstream stuff that I don't even feel. When I go on stage and I put that mic to my face, I feel these songs. I feel those moves. And to me, that's what an artist is. Yeah. If yeah. I have to cut myself open and believe so you can be all right, I'm like, I'll be all right. I will cut myself and believe, but I'll heal. I'll be all right. It, it, it's, it's not about me anymore. And I think that was the turning point for me. Like, when these songs come, like, sometimes I'm like, where did this come from? Wow. And it's like, okay, maybe this song isn't for me. Maybe it's for somebody else. Gotcha. But gotcha. Give Me Strength was like, that That was for me. Like, God gave me the greatest gift because it helped me to heal from that and to, to forgive myself and to forgive him. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I'm, you know, what I think about it is, I guess... When I hear the pain, because usually that some of the best music, I believe some artists actually say, come from when you do breakups, when you do sorrow, and all the. I mean, Mary J. Blige. Yeah, Every, everybody says she makes the greatest music, but she's going through some shit, and it's sad, but it's true. It, it, it is true, and you know, I mean, I think I believe I, I heard that. <laughs> it, it really, I mean, I believe I, I think I actually heard that from Salt and Pepper actually when they said that in one interview. And so when I'm, I'm listening to all the things that. You know, you're given. You really are given serious lyrics when you gave a dedication to the Pulse nightclub uh, situation when it comes energy revisited. Uh, when you now the song that kind of got me a little bit. I do like Selector. I will definitely tell you that. But ass over intellect. Can you explain that? Can you explain ass over intellect? Okay, number one, I just want to thank you for checking out my music, number one, because like, you're hitting me, let's, before I get to AOI, let's scale back to energy music. Anybody speak against this stick a dick in between. Yeah, I'm up in this bitch. Yeah, I'm mad as a motherfucker. Won't let me live my truth. Rather me live it undercover, under other for race. Cause I can't be black. Homosexualities, European. Fuck is you thinking? Maybe you busy huh? tapping, smoking, and drinking. Poke you in your third eye cause it ain't blinking, nigga. I got enemies. God, I got enemies. Okay. The post nightclub shooting happened. And I remember. I think I was home, and I was like, that could have been me. Right, right. That could have been me at the club with my friends, shaking my ass, drinking, dancing my ass off. That could have been me. Yeah. I can't not say anything, because for so long, it was like, you know what? Like, I, I, I have been told by a couple of people, whatever you do, don't come out. Whatever you do, if you come out, Nobody's really going to, like, take you seriously. No one's going to really, like, get into your music because they're just going to be a gay nigga. Okay, see? Like, they aren't going to be an artist. So whatever you do, just don't come out. 
But when that shit happened, it was I threw all that shit out the window. And why I picked Drake Energy, I don't know. But it just it just worked. And I pulled my heart out. And it felt so good to just finally actually say it. Wow, wow. So so it was, so how long before you actually revealed that you were that you were an actual LB, LGBT artist? How long did it really take? It took me a long time up until when I put that Drake shit out. Wow. Because yeah, yeah. I had been doing it for a minute, and I had been hiding behind footage and and, and, and clothes and trying not to be too effeminate and you know But now I'm just like fuck. Like it is what it is. Like it is what it is. Like. I realize that my community needs an artist like me. Yeah, you're right. And for me to sit here and be quiet and be scary and not walk and and not walk in my truth just kind of makes me like everybody else that's hiding already in the industry. You know, the reason why I say you're right is because I think a lot of people get bored after a while. I'm not, a lot of people will get, people get bored after a while. And after a while, you kind of like, what's next? And I believe one particular artist I watched years ago said he does this little secret. He cuts the, he cuts the music or like there's a music video on, he puts it on mute and then he plays another one, keeps it on mute. He wants to see the difference. He really wants to see what is there a difference in video visually. But in the, in the sound of music, people constantly hear the same type of sound it gets boring after a while if you're having chicken every single day after a while you're gonna like eh i mean i'm not i'm not i'm not saying that you know people don't look for that 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 banger to make them dance i'm not people gonna want to have fun they want to go to a club and they want to know exactly that you know they're alive again with their music but the thing about it is when i listen to artists like frida and people know Frida. People know Frida. And Frida is... People don't... It's like... And the thing about it is, no one... Everyone knows, but she does not care. She does not care. And by being her, made her... They had a show on TV. How about that? Say it again? They had a show on television. How about that? Exactly. Exactly. So to me... I think when people and I was just watching this um, Breakfast Club talking with uh, Miss Amanda Amanda Seals, she said the exact same thing. She said the day that she stopped caring what people said, that's when blessings and things start coming her way. So to me, I think it's a wonderful I thing. When I tell you, I have never had this many shows in my life. See? Oh man! It's, it's, it's like a whole new world opened up for me when I finally said, "This is what it is." Like. I, this is my first podcast. Like, I've never done anything like this ever. Um, I, I, so now I have a podcast under, under my belt. I've done, um, uh, uh, interviews on radio and just the show after show after show. And it's like, yo, I'm really, why am I popping now that I decided to come out when everybody told me not to? See? You see, so by revealing who you are and being your true self to the core, to the spirit of you, that's when all blessings come your way. It's it's very weird. It's very weird. And you know what? So the, I mean, the next question then becomes: In what is the next step for ism? Well, I promise you, I will tell you about asshole internet. So I'll do that first, and then I'll tell you about that. Okay. A lot of things happened in the last couple of days that just really just put my whole entire world in the world. Um, 
Also, her intellect. I remember when I made that beat. I was so lit. I was lit. And <laughs> I was just playing it back to back, just playing it, just playing it. And all of a sudden, I'm coming for you niggas like you owe me money. Just came out of me. And I was like, oh, oh, let me write that down. <laughs> okay. And the story behind As Over Intellect is the first verse. And um, this, this kind of goes back to what I was saying previously. The first verse is me rapping like I'm still trying to appease to a mainstream audience. Gotcha. And the second verse is me being like me being my true self. Ah. That's why there's like that, there's, there's, there's a, like a change in the vocal to kind of separate those two people. Gotcha, gotcha. And I realized that everything is you know, cars, pussy, money, fun, and hip hop. You can buy an image, but you can't buy peace. You can sell your soul, but you cannot buy freedom. Oh. And you can have all the money in the world. You can have all the chains, all the girls, all the whatever. But if you aren't walking in your true self and in your reality, you're just another sheep. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know. Um. But next to is um. Well, like I said. I'm in Dark Alley, I close now, I'm in Dark Alley mode. Um, we are going to be dropping our EP on September 7th, uh, 2nd, no, 1st. We have um, our very, very first show um, on August 31st. We're putting the product out on the 2nd, and we will also be performing at the Brooklyn Wildlife Summer Festival on August, on September 2nd. So, okay. everything has just been about, you know, uh, uh, Preparing to put it to to put this project out, and one thing that I, I that I would like to say because I do want um my my brother to hear that unusual helped me to become a better artist. Wow, good. It, 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 it's just something like when 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 we did Selecta, I just went to the crib to just go picking with my bro. Yeah, and you know he saw me beats and stuff, and then he showed me Selecta, and it wasn't Chris. It wasn't even done. It wasn't even a full beat. It, it, it was just like drums and like that that piano chord. That mm, mm, that's all it was. Yeah. I was like, yo, what the fuck is that? Oh, oh, just something I was doing. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, yo, can we stay here for a second? I was like, yeah, sure. So something. So it, it just kind of happened. Yeah. And, and and it was the most organic shit that I think I ever experienced in my life. Like as I'm writing, he's building the beat. You like doing dumb shit, spending all my rent money trying to be the best dressed dude. Honey, at least step through. You're fucking up the vibes like, oh, move. In a place full of lonely people, running from a blatant evil. It's all unless you're trying to dance. Honey, you'll stand a chance to get loose on them. Uh, come now, selector. 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 Uh, Like, it's just this, 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 
big old secret I've been holding around for nine months. Like, I can't show nobody anything. Like, I, I just really want people to really see that, like, I'm really trying to evolve as an artist. Yes. And, yes. you know, because Celesta, like, I have never, I have never experienced anything like Celesta come out of me in my entire life. Wow. And Celesta is just about, you know, I'm, I'm 32 now, so I'm not really that into, you know, going to the clubs and stuff and being at the club and yeah. getting fly and standing on the wall, staring at boys that I can't have. I would just much rather chill and be home or like, you know, do, do something artsy or creative or go bowling or some shit. Like, and that's where Lester came from. Like, I don't do the club thing, but I can do the club thing. Yeah. Like, and Selector is definitely a club banger. Like, that's the first club banger I've ever had. Like, I never thought I would ever be on a house record. And he didn't even know he created a house record. That was the funny part about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> he had no idea. I was like, bro, like, this is up and down house. Like, you got house in you and you won't tell me? Like, it, it, it was just, this whole Dark Alley experience has just been amazing. And it made me a better artist. And it made me just really feel like, yo, like, I'm ready. Like, I'm so hungry. I've never been this hungry in my life. Good, good. That makes you, that makes you a better artist, right? Oh, yeah. So so now the next question comes about in the next fight what do you see for ism? What what's what's the next step for ism? The next step for ism is really um still evolving as an artist. And um, I would like to eventually um, uh, start an organization that helps uh, people of color deal with um, uh, any sexual abuse that they've been through. Um, I would really love to do that. Um, and just try to keep making music for the people. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you're an artist, you really do it for yourself. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie, like, yeah, like, I, <laughs> I do it for y'all, but no, nah, I do it for me, bro. Because sometimes I really need some shit, like, yeah. these songs have saved me from suicide. These songs have saved me from just losing all hope in God and everything. Wow. So I, I just, wow. just want to keep, you know, maybe keep making music that inspires people and that encourages people, and, you know, uh, that pushes people to, to go after whatever dream they have. It doesn't even have to be music. You know, nobody really thought I would make it this far doing it this long and look at me like I'm one brother. Like, that doesn't happen to people who give up. It doesn't happen to people who let other people get in their head and tell them they can't. Right. So yeah. I just want to be that person who like, yo, like, they told you you can't because they don't want you to surpass them. Surpass them. And be better and be better and have better. Regardless of you being gay, lesbian, trans, whatever. We can be whoever the fuck we want to be. And we can't let America and society and the media tell us that we can't. Right, right. And if I have to be that person to stand in my truth, 
I definitely uh, I really truly appreciate you coming to the podcast and be able to one to give people an understanding that living in your truth brings a lot more joy than not I do appreciate it. So, and let me tell you, it, it, it clearly you're on your grind. Everybody is now, you know, things are happening, and I want to make sure that I put as much any any way that I can possibly support. I'm gonna definitely put some of your music out there on the podcast and let people know more, much more about you. So, listen, anything that you want to leave the audience with, where they can follow you, what, where it's uh, the albums they can actually download, any information, go ahead. This is your time. All right. Um. Well. Um. Hello, fellow. <laughs> um, okay, as of right now, um, everythingism.com is the headquarters website. My show, what's going on with me, is going to be there. Um, if you want the ism music, you can go to the ism, T H E I Z M dot bandcamp dot com. Everything I've ever put out is there from 2012 to now, um, including the Janet Jackson National. TV mix that, that that I put out on her birthday that's up there too. Um, for Dark Alley Echoes, because that's where we're at right now. Dark Alley Echoes is spelled how it's supposed to be spelled. The A R K A L L E Y E C H O E S dot Bandcamp dot com. Um, Becoming is the name of the EP, Cybertrack EP. I we're still working on the website and everything. Okay. But it's gonna be on iTunes and all of that funky stuff on September first. Okay. Um working on the video for Selector, so that'll be out. Nice. Um yeah, uh at the underscore ism on Twitter at Dark Alley Echoes on Twitter, Facebook.com, uh forward slash I am the realism. Uh that's pretty much it. All right. And let me tell you, everybody knows about this podcast, what we normally do. We always make sure that we put all the information pertaining to all of our guests. And we're going to make sure all his websites, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want to do, you want to follow it. That would also be posted on the website for Brothers Be Podcast in the notes. So you'll definitely be able to get that along with some highlights. And also you'll see a nice little picture of Mr. The Ism, excuse me, of The Ism on the podcast as well. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you so much, Ism. I appreciate you taking the time out and making this a nice, nice, comfortable conversation and truthful and honest. Truthful and honest conversation. You don't always get that. <laughs> these, these are the type of things that us as black men. Exactly. You know, we don't, we don't get to have these types of conversations with our brothers that often because there's so much in the air and so much between us that we can't have a soul-to-soul moment. So, Chris, thank you for allowing us to have that soul-to-soul moment with you. I appreciate that. Oh, thank you so much. My pleasure, man. Like I said, anything that we could possibly do to support, we'll put you down on it, okay? Awesome. I appreciate it, brother. All right. This is Brothers Podcast signing off. You guys have a good night.